Mindy and I want you guys just to get comfortable today. I want this just to be a living room experience, like you're sitting in my house at my home and we're just talking. We want to share some stories of how we get, got to here. They blow me away every time I go through them. And I want, and why the Lord would bring us to Linden, Michigan. I think you're going to like it because we are all desperate for change, aren't we? We are desperate for revival. The warfare has been intense. I mean, it just, it just doesn't stop. It's like, Lord, help. Help, Lord. He says, I am. He's got a plan for this region, for this house. I'm certain. I'm certain. And we're going to unfold this today to try to, to, to bring you into the storyline of why God said, hey, we, I want you guys here. Because <laughs> I thought this was a distraction. Honestly, I'm just being honest. This is my living room, right? Just talking to you guys. This is my living room. We're going to talk. And I, do, I just want you to say, somebody just asked us a loaded question. And then when we go up here, Mindy and I are just going to unfold this thing. And you're going to, I was, as I walked this out with the Lord and tracked with the Lord, I was like going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. And I'm not kidding you. And so God's got plans for this place. It's not going to be a dormant, stagnant pond that doesn't produce anything. God's going to breathe on this place and we're all going to be on fire. We're all, our children are going to be on fire. Our babies are going to prophesy. Because God is, he's amazing. And if we're willing to put a little time into this, a little energy into this, in the place of intercession, I'm, we're just going to watch the Lord do a, a work in this region. I promise you that. So this is, we're going to, the guy's taking up the offering. Please come forward. Hey, this is my first Sunday. I get to take up an offering for a church. <laughs> Lord, I love you. Just breathe on it, Lord. You know, when you... When you sow into God's kingdom, you're not sowing into just some church. You're sowing an investment into the kingdom of God. Lord, I'm giving you my money, believing that you're going to use it for your glory. When you let go of it, don't even think about it after that. What are they using their money for? I mean, yeah, there's obvious bills. There's obvious lights, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, come on. Yeah, let's, let's do this. <laughs> So, Father, I just thank you. Father, I thank you. Lord, that you would open a new paradigm of giving, God. Radical givers, God. Radical. Giving that would cost us something, not giving you our spare change. God, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would bless every giver. Lord, what does this mean? God, talk to us about this. If I give you money, what's the exchange rate, Lord? When I'm sowing into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I ask that you bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Mindy has an announcement to make. And Seth, you guys can just go into a song. And, and as Mindy... I know y'all noticed a little bit of change. <laughs> 
So I'm working on getting some things going for the children. We would really like to have all the children, all ages, during worship in the service. And then we'll dismiss um, littles up to five, six, seven in the back here. And then the older kids can go over to the House of Joy and we'll get some organization with all that. I put a little baby toddler area back here with quiet toys. You can go back there and play. And um, I think, yes. Oh, yeah, Mrs. White's going to come out and give an announcement. That's amazing. I remembered that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're having a baby shower for the Palmers, for baby Palmer next Sunday after church. Just bring a small dish, ladies. <laughs> That's it. Okay, awesome. And let's bless them. Whatever you're going to do, double it and triple it. I mean, you're sewing into a family. How do you, yeah, just, just do it. If you're going to just give them a $20, give them 60 If you're just going to give them $20, give them 100 Let's take the weight of getting a nursery ready, get the weight off of all the family, and let's just bless their socks off. Sound like a good idea? Yeah, I mean, they're part of the family here. Let's just surprise them, guys. Let's surprise them with a massive, massive blessing for their baby and their family. One more thing. I put the flags up here. I want y'all to enjoy worship. Bring the kids up here. Everybody flag. If you have bigger flags at home and all that fancy stuff, bring them. One more thing. So moms and dads and children, Mindy mentioned that they would just come into service. Hey, kids, I'm asking you to come into service. Don't give your mom and dad a hard time. All right. <laughs> Kaya, Ayla. <laughs> okay, so... I, I guess, yeah, that, we're good, bro. But you yeah. guys can go to class. Yep, we, we can go to our classes. And Seth, team, I don't know all the names, so I'm just sorry. Andrew, uh, what's Becca? Is it? Be yeah, yeah, Becca. Guys, thank you so much for just pressing through and, and just, just grabbing the reins this morning. It was awesome, really awesome. Thank you, guys. So, so... Like Mindy and I, or like I said earlier, we just want to, we want to make this just our living room, okay? And we're just talking back and forth. You can take that side, okay. I want that side, no. So, okay. We just wanted to change things up, and so we're just going to be sitting instead of me just sitting up here. Mindy and I are going to just try to unpack some things here. Uh and share our story a bit more because we want you to get to know us, okay? Because you, you don't know us at all too much. We, we've spoken here a couple times, and that, that was it. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, we love coming to COTS because it's kind of got, it had this, hey, this is kind of one of those places that you don't have your five songs and, and get through the program and, and, you know, and then the message and then boom, and everybody's racing to the cars to go to lunch, you know? <laughs> And so we, we always liked that about uh, COTS, and then we just could just go as long as we wanted. So, uh, so we want to take you on this journey. As I sat and journaled before the Lord, just in my, of these prophecies that the Lord gave us for the last probably 20 years, I would write these things down, and I, I didn't, it didn't make sense to me. 
But now, all of a sudden, as of two days ago, it's making sense. It's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. So I did take a few notes if I, if I need them. That's right there. Do you want to say anything, honey, before I get rocking here? So I want to... I want to share my encounter with you with the Lord because it wasn't just this, this hey, I came to the Lord. Uh, back in 1991, September 15th of 1991 is when I gave my heart to the Lord. And then just a couple weeks after that, I got blasted, not just a little bit, blasted by the Holy Spirit. Where I went to a service, answered an altar call about being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, service was actually over. This happened over in Burton, just up the street here. And when I answered this call, I remember the evangelist up on the platform. He says, hey, brothers and sisters, because service was over. And they, they dismissed, but people kept lingering around. And I was two weeks old in the Lord. Just a da, 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 baby in the Lord, you know. And, but I was hungry. Because I was a very worldly guy, fighter, drinker, womanizer, go to the clubs. Uh, by, I got 10 members in my family, you know, brothers and sisters. And man, we just, we could scrap, you know, we could party with the best of them. We would buy, we would be the ones buying the lemos, you know, hey, let's go to this concert, you know, kiss or whatever, you know. And, and so, so, I mean, when I lived in the world, man, I went for broke, I mean, let's outdo what we did last weekend. You know, that was my mindset. Let's, that was a high, but let's next weekend. And so I looked at the potential of what God could use me for on the flip side. And he's just like, oh, I could use that guy. He's a troublemaker, you know. And, and that's how God loves troublemakers. You know, the worst, he just flips them around the most. So anyways, I'm at this church, and I'm two weeks old in the Lord. I gave my heart September 15, 1991. And then I'm in this setting in a small church, and I walk into this place, and I could I seen an actual glory cloud, which I had no clue what that was, resting in this place. I'm going, I'm trying to clear my eyes as a new believer, trying to clear my eyes as a new believer, and it wouldn't go away. And and so I, and as I found out what the Lord was doing later of what that was, and, and researched the word, and blah 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 blah. So here I am, I'm standing at the altar. All these people now have their hands laid on me because the, the evangelist at the time, remember, he dismissed, but these people were walking around just praying in the spirit, you know. And so I'm standing up front and he says, brothers and sisters, come forward and lay hands on my brother because he's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire. And I had no clue what this was. And so I remember just standing at the front of the altar and all these people are now praying in this language that I had never heard before in my life. And he didn't even get a chance to come down those steps and lay hands on me. But all I remember is lifting my hand and say, Father, I want all that you have for me. And all of a sudden, I'm just standing there at the altar. And I'm just standing there all of a sudden. Whoosh. I mean, this tongue of fire came out of me. I mean, it was a woo. It was like, oh my gosh. And it went on and on. It wasn't, you know, our, our formula, hey, say Shundai three times quickly or Hyundai. You know, <laughs> we came up with that. And, 
and so this went on, this tongue of fire. I mean, just, and then I heard a voice say, that's enough. And it was like, gone. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I mean, I was lit on fire. Zero desire to drink again. Zero desire to go to the bars again. Zero desire to hit on women, all that kind of stuff, just gone. This sin nature of man. It, I mean, the Lord took it in one moment. And I was amazed. Foul language would not even come out of my mouth the next day. Because I remember the next day, I hit my thumb with a hammer. And I had the F-bomb cocked and loaded. I mean, I, I worked on a construction site, man. So it was just normal language for us, you know. And I remember that day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that would not even come out of my mouth. Holy Spirit said, oh, my children don't talk like that. My children don't think like that. My children don't entertain things like that. And this course led me into digging into the word. Eating the scroll, like Ezekiel, like John, eating the scroll, eat the scroll, eat the scroll. And it took me on a course of this fasted lifestyle. The more I fasted and dug into this word, the, I mean, the more his presence came on me. And because people would get in a 50-foot circle around me, and they were getting saved. I, there's no doubt in my mind. Get in this circle. I'm going to share my testimony, and pretty soon, which I've, I've led hundreds of people out in the marketplace to the Lord. And, and so, he told me I could interrupt him. And then he met me. And I was raised in the church. And I was 92. And I was like, you don't have to be like this. You said your prayer. We're going to heaven. Just be good. Why are you so intense? <laughs> I mean, I like it. <laughs> but he was so intense. And I, I'm just giving you. So I'm the normal churchgoer. I was the normal churchgoer. I was raised. My grandfather was a pastor for 52 years. My father was the worship leader. And I had no concept for this. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at Fahola Park Camp at 10 years old. But I had no concept for what the Lord was doing. And I was, I've been jealous of his testimony throughout the years. I mean, I have a great testimony too. But I'd never seen anything like this. It was not in the normal church. So we don't want that. <laughs> we want this. So we're trying to bring everybody, right, but everybody up and out of that. This is what's normal. This is what the Lord expects. And I am sitting here to attest to he's never changed. This is, this is him. From the minute I met him, he is on fire in love with Jesus first. I mean, he loves me well, but he's in love with Jesus. But I'm his favorite. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so we get married in 92. 
and I had a construction company, and, and business is growing, the building industry is booming and stuff. And because I used to go into that secret place all the time with fasting prayer, but it just slowly drew me away from my first love. It became a distraction, and by you know, after a, a years of having a company and stuff and fam, just doing family dynamics, I just kind of drew back, and I just became, I just started coasting as a Christian, you know, just cruise control Christianity, and and that's hard to live a life cruise control Christianity where there is zero fruit coming out of you. Zero fruit, and you're just living as a believer. And I got my Christian invitation from the Lord. Well, I gave my heart to Jesus, and he's coming back. But I gave my heart to Jesus. I'm waiting for him to come back. And there was more to the gospel than just accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And because there's a portion in the Bible that says, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. If you're living just as a believer on cruise control, that's not going to happen for much longer because God's going to blow this place up. He's going to blow this place up in a good way. I'm certain of it. And so, so, so that just living life, having a business, and that was just absolutely consuming me. And then fast forward to 2005. And I know I've said this before, but for those of you who haven't heard, you're going to hear it again. And those who've heard it before, you're going to hear it again and again and again. Because 2005 was a marker piece for me, a marker spot in my walk with the Lord. When I just got, I got frustrated where I was with Jesus, man. Because I got into compromise, a little bit of mixture. You know, instead of turning that R-rated movie off, well, we'll just kind of plug our ears on the swear words, you know. And we'll just, on the nudity part, we'll just kind of do this, you know. And I felt, I saw myself going down this slope with me and my family. And I just said, I need more. Lord, I can't go down this route. It's been going on just cruise control, autopilot, and I don't like it. I don't like this. And so I heard the still small voice, Holy Spirit, whisper in my ear one day, I want you to devote your time back to me again. And I was like, ooh, I heard that. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to take you up on this. I'm going to give you every morning. Before, before I leave for work, I'm going to sit before you every morning. And then I started that. And then pretty soon I just said, huh, this is going really well. I like this, Lord. Not only that, I'm going to throw a little bit of fasting on this and see. Remember, I used to fast with you all the time. I used to go for hours just praying in the tongues. Praying in tongues, come up out of that, just... Wow, that was just two hours. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Come on. And so I committed. And then finally, I just said, Lord, I'm going to give you one to three hours every single day with fasting and prayer. And let's do some stuff out in the streets, Lord. And so I, I just, not that I was looking for this, but I felt the weightiness of his presence spending every morning with him and threw some fasting on it. And I just had grace in the fast. He's like, oh, Lord, I'm not sure I want to eat. Because every time I feed the flesh, it's like there's kind of, <laughs> for me and him, just like. And so that's in the, the year of 2005 to 2009. 
I mean, just fasting, water fast, Daniel fast, media fast, you name it. I, I was just playing around like I can do any fast I want, and the Lord will honor it. Even when I crash and burn on a fast, you know, going three days in on a, on a water fast and, or on a seven-day or eight-day water fast, and you just crash and burn, he just looks at our heart and just says, I love it. I love it. You didn't make it, but that's okay. Come on. Sign back up again. Sign back up again. Sign back up again. People, there is more to God than we are experiencing. We have access to the all-knowing. We have access into the realm of the one who created the thing we walk on called earth and the billions of galaxies. I mean, we have access. Why don't we use that? Instead of this self-centered, me, 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 me. What about me? And God says, yeah, what about you? And there's more to it, to this thing. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we're just going to live our life and Jesus come back and I'm going to work and make money to pay my bills, to come home, to go to work, pay, make money and, and pay my bills and come home and do family. That whole Groundhog Day thing. That's, so many believers are in that Groundhog Day, just the same day, the same week is repeating itself over and over and over, and it's exhausting. I dare you to go before the Lord every morning and throw a little, you know, I'm going to fast TV today. I'm going to just take, I'm not eating my lunch today. I'm going to exit, I'm not doing coffee today. I'm going on a 40-day coffee fast. I'm going on a 40-day media fast. Just talk to the Lord about it. Whatever fast fits you best. I like the ones that challenge my flesh, especially when it comes to food. Just like going, ooh, food. Uh, uh. <laughs> Lord, I'll fast coffee. Wait a minute. No, no, not coffee. <laughs> uh, because I've done them, and they, they are, they hard, they're hard. They really are, but the zeal of the Lord is on it when you deny your flesh. When you deny your flesh, the Lord is all over it. And then, I mean, because I wasn't looking for this. Because, I mean, when I would deny myself in the, in the fasting, in the prayer, in the commitment before the Lord. I mean, because every morning, he's not missed one of those appointments with me. Not one. He said, I'm not, I, Denny, I got, I got, I got Kim, Kim Green over here. She needs way more <laughs> We love the Green family so much. So anyways, in that, I mean, it was an absolute course correction in my entire Christian walk, my family, my marriage, my children. I mean, I watched it just shift when I just said, Lord, let's do this. And then, man, I got so hungry for God. I was like, oh, man, I'll do anything for you. Go talk to that person about Jesus. I'm on it. Go lay hands on that person. God started doing signs and wonders and miracles. Laying hands on the sick. Guys, a miracle, a guy had a hernia. Laid hands on this guy and he got completely healed in the moment. Broken ankles, stage four cancer. Stay, I mean, I just watched the Lord do it. But it was like, and I wasn't looking for this stuff. I just, my heart was so tender from you know, cultivating a relationship with just Jesus. This stuff just came on me. I was like going, 
wow, this is, because I usually, when the Lord, when somebody's, I'll just share this. I laid hand on this guy. He had a broken ankle. Worldly guy. I've been witnessing to these guys. They had a crew that would come and just clean up all the debris on, on job sites that we had. And he had a broken ankle. And I shared this, I think. Anyways. I mean, this guy, after the fact, he's getting blasted with electricity in his body. But he's not saying anything. He's a worldly, worldly guy. And I'm over here, and I'm just like, dear Jesus, heal this guy. You know, just this very unprofessional prayer. And, I mean, God zaps this guy. Heals his ankle. He's running around telling everyone. And it's just, just being a willing vessel at all costs on all levels. Because we're here for this reason, right? And I, I see so many Christians playing games with God. How much can I get away with? Huh. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 8. talks about because sentence against an evil work is not speedily executed. It's fully set in the heart of man to do evil. And, and let me just give you a little bit of interpretation. We do sin. God doesn't come down and zap us. It's like, okay, well, I guess I can get away with that then. I guess I can get away with a little bit of pornography. Because God didn't zap me down. No, he's giving you time to repent. Well, I, you know, I've been looking at chicks all the wrong way. It's like, God just says, because sentence against an evil works. Not, I mean, because God doesn't come down and smack you in the head. Say, hey, don't do that. God just says, no, that's wrong, and you know it. No, that's wrong, and you know it. So, 2005 to now 2009, that's when our whole adoption, I think the Lord tenderized our, my heart because when we finished with our older group of children, our, our children, uh, Jack, Britton, and Landry, 2009, we take Landry down to do an internship down at IHOP. We're empty nesters, and I, I'm not kidding. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes. Now I can really focus on you, Jesus, without the distraction, because our, our youngest of our older man, <laughs> she gave us a fight. And IHOP was my Hail Mary. God, if you, if you don't get a hold of her here, I mean, because she experienced all this stuff. I remember we went on a 40-day coffee fast, a 40-day media fast, just every fast. We had an actual glory cloud rest in our living room. Rest in our living room. I remember coming home from work. I'm telling you guys, every morning before the Lord, with fasting and obedience out in the marketplace. You don't have to come in here and show me your signs and wonders. Go do it out there. That's what it's for. It's for the worldly people. Then they see it and they just say, huh, maybe there is a God. You know what I'm saying? More is done out in the marketplace than here. We just gather here to get a little bit. And all right, now we got to go release it. You can come here and get fat on the word and get fat on the word, get fat on the word, get fat on the word. But if you ain't releasing it, what good is it? What good is it? So my heart towards more children was like, eh, not a chance. Seriously, as a man of God, 
on fire for the Lord. Lord, that was great season with Landry. Me and Holy Spirit and mobile locator. <laughs> oh my goodness. She gave us a run for our money. We're, and I'm just going to say this. I was at the point with our youngest daughter. I mean, she gave us a run for our money. On fire. I mean, God, she's seen all this stuff, glory cloud stuff, but man, she would, the devil had his hand and was trying to provoke her into the world and the lifestyle of the world. And she was going for it, man. She was being pulled in both directions. And I was at the point as a father going, I'm done. I'm done. Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, I'm not. She's worth it. And I was like, oh gosh, I repent. I repent. Lord, I will, I will labor for Landry. And I did with all my might. I, you're worth it. She's on fire for Jesus right now on fire for the Lord. Her husband's on fire. So 2010, will you guys know our adoption story? We get Liren. The Lord shifts everything. Six months later, we get Kaya and Ayla, three babies at once, and our hearts just being stirred. The Lord said, I mean, because that fasted lifestyle went on for 10 years of just, it didn't turn off. I wanted to fast. I always fasted and was always on a fast on a weekly level. And the Lord just kind of said, Denny, I'm going to shift that for you and take you on an Isaiah 58 fast. When it, just go read Isaiah 58 where it just says, this is the fast I've called for you. You know, to starve yourself and blah, blah, blah. Because, no, but what about justice? What about the fatherless? What about the widows? All these kind of things. What about the poor and hungry? And I was like going, ooh, okay, Lord, we brought these children in. Okay, I get it. And you guys know our story about the, the, uh, that these encounters I had in my fireplace room. Whoever receives one of these little ones not only receives me, but receives my father when you receive one of these little children in. You guys heard that, right? Some, most of you have. Or were you asleep? But, I mean, it messed me up as a man of God on fire of how, I, how dull I really was. Even though I was on fire for Jesus, Lord, this fatherless thing, oh my goodness, it took the Lord a minute to just break that religion off of me and have a paradigm shift for eternity. Have a paradigm shift of just, this isn't about me. Denny, I want you to go, I want you to serve your family as a man of God. Ooh, serve your wife and your children. Hey, I'm talking to you fathers right now. Come in and serve your wives, your children, as a minister unto the Lord. And serve them well. It's, children are the greatest disciple. Moms, you are disciplers. Dads, you are disciplers. You are raising children unto the Lord. And, it's, and, it, and God takes that serious. Yeah, you're not going to mess them up any more than what God can, he can fix it all. <laughs> Lord, I'm going to mess these kids up. He goes, I know, but I can fix it. <laughs> you know, because he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And when we're, we are so dull in just our cruise control Christianity, God is just like going, I got this. 
I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to wake your children up, and we're going to start a fire. Go ahead, honey. I'm just going to interject because you're probably all like, well, what you doing, Mindy, during all this? So I stand by the scripture when Elijah was under the tree, and the Lord said, get up and eat. This journey's too hard for you, so I don't fast. <laughs> okay, hold on. Um, so I'm, but I'm with him with all of this, you know, I'm following him with all of this, the glory cloud. I saw the glory cloud first in the, in the house. I kept walking through the whole house and I only could see it in the living room. And I'm like, I'd known he had seen glory clouds before. Um, but so that was, so it was really cool how the Lord was just giving me these little kisses along the way. And I trusted him implicitly, implicitly with everything that the Lord was showing him. I did at times be like, uh-uh, you're going to eat. Nope, you're eating, you know, that kind of stuff. I remember one of our girls handed him a grape and he was on a, hold on, he was on a really good fast and he was staying super faithful. And she goes, here, day, have a bite. And he just looked at it and I looked at him, I said, stop being religious eat the grape. So, you know, just things like this along the way. We complement each other really well. Um, but so I just want to attest that, you know, I, I walk through all of this with him, with <laughs> Landry. Sometime I will come up here and I will share my side of things that the Lord has done on the uh, flip side. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I remember that day in the Lord just because it was Lirin came up and she had a little grape in her hand. And like she said, I was on this rock solid fast and she's handing it to my little, you know, she's two. And I'm like, and she's handing it, I'm like going, huh. Um, and then she says, don't be religious. And I was like, oh my God. I am, Lord, I'll be religious. Give me that thing. <laughs> and, you know, don't beat yourself up on fast. I mean, if you can, if you got the grace to do it, go for it. You know? But when your two-year-old daughter's walking up to you or some of her little toddlers saying, want a bite? Bring it home. You know, and the Lord's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh my goodness, I can't go into those stories. I got some, I got some great stories. Oh my gosh. Remember a fasting story. I want you guys to remind me at a later date of, the, of some really crazy stories of fasting. So anyways, so 2011... Okay, we get Kai and Ayla. We got three babies at home. God is making it clear, Denny, I want you to shut your business down that I had for 25 years, construction company. Shut it down and start cold calling pastors. And I was like, let's do this. Let's, do, let's shut down my money source because we just adopted three babies. Lord, that makes sense. Let's do that. But the Lord, I mean, if you're not walking by faith, it's impossible to please him. As a disciple of the Lord, if you're not walking by faith, it's impossible to please him. Some of you are called to a radical lifestyle, and he's going to call, and you're going to step into that. Radical than more than what you think you're radical. It's just going to happen. Because Dave Ramsey's message is not going to work for the rich man, hey, sell everything and follow me. and Give it to the poor. It just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? The just shall live by faith. 
God will not fail. But what I've learned in the last 30 years serving the Lord, he's going to do it his way that does the most work in you. Because we must be changed. Not need to be. We must be changed. Because when I look at the body of Christ and the fruit that we produce, it saddens my heart. It saddens my heart. You can play games with God, but he won't play games with you. Because one day you'll stand before him. One day. And your rebellion will be before him. Like, oh, God, I, you, you warned me about this. Not only once you warned me again, you warned me again, you warned me again. Where are the burning ones? That burn for Jesus, not to just consume his word and get all fat on his word, but where are the burning ones that are making a difference in the land? Where are the burning ones that you are making a difference as a burning one provoking people, leading people to the Lord with signs and wonders and miracles and healings. Where are they at? So we shut the company down and the fasting, it just got intense at times and times it didn't. But let me put these on. My new friends. So, now I'm going to take you on some things that happened to me personally. So here's the thing, guys, husbands and wives, family members. I went for broke in the fasting and digging and eating the scroll and eating the mess. And she gets to eat off the residue and get things from the Lord. It's like, oh, he ain't even fasting over here. She's not even you know, but we're in covenant. So it just, it just, it works. You know what I'm saying? It works. And it's like, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. So, so when you say, oh, with any of this was just you, not at all. She keeps me in line. Yeah. Eat a meal. You're getting way too skinny. You know, that kind of stuff. Man. So when I started this new fasted lifestyle about two years. In fact, about two years into it, the Lord says, you're leaving the mainstream church. I was like, hmm. Okay. I hear our son. It's probably. So when we left the mainstream church, he confirmed it to both of us. That's my son for sure. <laughs> so anyways, it's okay. Jesus loves crying babies. Babies running around the house. And so about two years into this, we leave the mainstream church. But before we leave, do you guys all know Tony Brown? A lot of you know Tony Brown right here locally. Well, Tony Brown was on a fast himself, and this, I was new into the fasting, new into the every word with the Lord. I was just only two years into it, and we were going to a large church down in Oakland County, and as I'm just sitting before, we're at church service, and Tony shows up to this service, led by the Holy Spirit. He had never been to that church before, ever, and he didn't know anybody in the church, and so Tony's sitting behind me. 
and he can't take his eyes off of me. And I'm like, oh, there's some dude back here checking me out. You know, I don't know what's going on here. You know, and, and after service, Tony comes up to me and he says, you're the one. I'm like, like Neo or the Matrix, you know, that kind of stuff. And he says, he goes, no, when the Lord drew me to you. He says, because I knew it was you, because there were a couple thousand people in this sanctuary. He says, I looked at you, and you were engulfed in flames. Engulfed in flames. And he had a stack of papers with him. And he said, here, God said that you would know what these are for. In this, he had drawn three buildings on this piece of paper. He said, God's going to give you some buildings. I don't know when, blah, blah, blah. You'll figure that out. And then the scriptures that he had written down in there were scriptures that I was actually studying out of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. I don't know. There's one building here, two buildings, three buildings. I don't know. Just. And so that was in about 2008. Fast forward. And this is where I had to jot some things down to remember. Okay, so I was, so Tony was the first one to say something like that about, I see you engulfed in flames, walking around with the flame of the Lord on you. Then I go down to a ministry down in Ohio, and I'm just on my face, sucking carpet, crying out to God, blah, 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 blah. Some dancer puts a flame flag over me, a fire flag over me. Pastor Ed Watts, he scoots up and whispers in my ear and says, this is a symbol that you are going to start fires everywhere you go. That the fire of the Lord, he says, the drier, the better, the drier, the better. Fire of the Lord is on you. And I'm like going, okay. And I, I had no concept for this. That stuff just got put on the back burner. Like, oh, it wasn't this. And I was still doing the signs and wonders out in the, out in the streets every morning with the Lord. And just really pressing in the fasting. Okay, so I was invited to go to a prayer meeting here in Michigan. We were going to pray for a pastor over in the Lapeer area. And a team of intercessors, they would go and pray at all the different places all over the state. And just go, hey, we want to just come and pray, get a word for you, pray over your ministry, pray over everything. So I, I hey, hey, can I go to that? Sure, come on over. There's about 20 people in this group. And guys, I'm telling you this for a reason. I want you to get to know Mindy and I, but why the Lord has put us here. And I, I promise you, we'll tie this in at, toward the end here. We're at this prayer meeting, and it was about this pastor and his church and all that. And when we're at the done, at the done at the end, ready to call it a night, this lady pipes up and just said, 
I can't hold it in anymore. I can't hold it in anymore. And she says, I have a word from the Lord. And she looks across the circle and says, and it's for you, and points right at me. And I was like, going, I didn't do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she says, she says, all night the Lord highlighted you. All night long. I never met this lady ever. And she says, and the Lord says, you have the hottest flame on you. You have white fire on you. Fire of the Lord. And just goes on and on and on. And then they pray over me. And then the team goes after me. And they're saying the same language around there. And I'm like going, what the heck is with this word? And so I'm carrying that word to the next year. And I go back down to this place in Ohio, Emerging Streams. This is not about Denny. This is about what Jesus wants to do in the earth, in this region. I go down to this prayer meeting. About 200 people are invited all over the nation to come to hear a guest speaker, blah, 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 blah. We were invited. Hey, you guys come on down. Me and Ed went down there. And as I'm in the middle of worship, I'm standing in the aisleway asking the Lord, Lord, what do you mean by all these words about setting on fire, the fire of the Lord, people seeing this flame on me? I don't get it. What is it? What is it? What are you, what are you trying to show me? I was standing in the aisle of worship asking the Lord this question and a young man walks over and taps me on the shoulder. He says, sir, he says, I was over there minding my own business and I was praying. I said, Lord, where are the fiery evangelists? Where are the men of God on fire? Where are they at? I, don't, I haven't seen any. He said, the Lord said, look over there. And he looked over at me. He says, there's one right there when I was asking the Lord the question. And I was like going, oh my gosh, you're going to go start fires in cities, in communities. You're going to start fires. And I'm like going, I'm just trying to understand what the Lord's trying to do in my own personal life. You know, that's why I asked the question. And I was like, dude, you don't even know. Man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm like going, really, Lord? Really? I get a tap on this shoulder from another young man from the other side. He walks over and he says, I looked over at you and I saw you dressed in the full armor of God. God says that you carry the torch. The fire of the Lord is on you. And I'm like going, huh? <laughs> you know, I really. And so I, I was like going, okay, Lord, I get it. All right, if we're going to burn, okay, great. Lord, we're kind of doing stuff in the marketplace anyways. We're starting fires anyways. Let's, yeah, great, let's do this. So, let's see here. So we, we 2015, we pack it up and we go to IHOP. We're part of the prophecy teams there. Part of, we read, led the ministry of the life initiatives there. And they have the prophecy rooms that you can sign up and just, hey, people come and just sit before the Lord. Hey, Lord, what are you saying about Becca? What are you saying about Mike? What are you saying? And the Lord, he works like that. You know that? 
You can ask God for a word for somebody, and he can give you a word for them. And, it, and we became part of that team. And in the years, the six years we were there, almost every time we went into those rooms, they would be prophesying, saying, you're going to go start fires. You're going to go start fires. Blah, 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 blah. Over and over and over. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is, this is crazy. This is amazing. This, okay, Lord, when? Now, Mindy and I had already spoken at several hundreds of churches all over the nation, all over Michigan. Spoke. People... When we got up there, now please, 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 this is not about Denny. Please. I want you to get to an understanding because God will raise up a community, a group of intercessors, one man. I mean, when you look at the course in the history of revivals in the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s, Finney. Just, what, what is, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, Moody. God used these men to bring great revivals on the land. Great revivals. And it, all it took was a little bit of intercession. Reese Howells. People that would go and just say, God, something's got to change. Something's got to change. Now, Mindy and I, where we have spoken, we have lit fires. In all those places, at IHOP, we blew that place up. They didn't know what to do with us. It was a global ministry. We reached thousands and thousands. We've talked to the, the group of five, and we have talked to thousands. Thousands and thousands of people. The One Thing Conference. Over 20,000 people in attendance and thousands watching. The Lord gave us the... Like, we didn't ask for... No. We just go in low, not looking for a position and just say, God, hey, I want you to do a TV program. Hey, I want you to do a radio. I want you, we've done those things. <laughs> not important. Just when you humble yourself before the Lord. You might just be the, the Anna. You might be the Simeon. You might be the Elijah. As I was pulling this together with the Lord, about the Lord wanting to start a fire, this is not about Denny and Mindy, I promise you that. This is about what God's wanting to do in this church. Because as I, anybody know about the Azusa revival? William Seymour. Now, this just kind of blew me away two days ago. Okay, Lord. William Seymour. One of the greatest Bibles that struck the nation. It's like, wait a second here, Lord. This church is on Seymour Lake Road. And our embryo adopted Gideon and Pearl, who's in her womb, we adopted them. They're from Azusa. I don't, I want to weep. We didn't see this coming. It's like, but you can't make this stuff up. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow. If it's going to happen a week from now, six months from now, a year from now. But God's trying to get our attention. 
He's trying to get our attention. And I, change is coming. This is the Lord, not, not Denny and Mindy. He just said, oh, be here. Ah. You want to know what sealed the deal for us? I had an encounter, 2017. No, it wasn't 17. It was February of last year. We were just in a prayer room, in a side room, praying. We were going to go to the Supreme Court. We've had press re releases on the steps of the Supreme Court with the moral outcry. You guys all know the moral outcry, right? So we were praying because we were going to file an amicus brief. And we were sitting in this room. Had a team of probably five, six, seven people in the room. And after we were done praying, one of the intercessors in the room comes over to me. And she says, Denny, i got to share something with you, what happened in that room. She says, while we were praying, I looked over at you, and I saw a nine-foot angel standing next to you. It says, the angel took his hand and set it on your head. As soon as he touched your head, you reached into your bag. You grabbed your Bible. You pulled it out, and you read Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. That, that scripture is, look among the nations and watch, and be utterly astounded. I'm going to do a work before you that you wouldn't believe it, even if somebody had told you. And I was like, and I just thought that was because we were going to D.C., and going to go do an, another amicus brief with the Supreme Court. And the Lord, would, he wouldn't leave me alone with these scriptures. Like, oh, this, there's more to this. I take that for a word for here. But the funny thing about that word was when we came and spoke here one time ago or two times ago. Now we heard this after the fact, that while we had this word that some, a group of intercessors from this church were going to pray and ask God, Lord, who do you want to fill these seats? So they went up to Indian River. This is my version of the story. And if it's different a little bit or tweaked a little bit, mine's the right one. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. So they all prayed to get a word from the Lord. Lord, to write a scripture, because there's a big cross there from what I hear. And one of them was led to buy a little tiny set of boxing gloves. And because, well, I'll tell you what boxing gloves means to us. And then maybe at a later date, you can find out what the boxing gloves meant for them. But we were given a word that out of Michigan, that God was raising up a heavyweight contender that was going to contend against abortion, the abortion law, and take it down. A heavyweight contender coming out of Michigan. Berea, Michigan. And that word was spoken over Mindy and I years ago and said, you are those people. That you are going to bring this down. Heavyweight contenders. Boxing gloves, right? So this group of ladies, they get their scriptures. And they write their scriptures on these boxing gloves, and they bury them in the ground. Can anybody guess what the scripture was that they wrote on there? 
Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will do a work. I know. I mean because when the offer came back in November of last year about doing this. I was like ooh. Ooh Lord I, I don't know about that. I don't. I, I hope there's a little bit of accuracy in that. Because I did hear it down the chain. Oh okay. So, that sealed the deal that we were the ones. The encounter with the angels of Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, and then they write that very scripture and bury it in the ground. That's the scripture they got. And I was like going, what's the chances of that? We don't have a God of chance and luck. This is a God of purpose and accuracy. He says, you are the one. It's like, but Lord, I don't know how to do this. He says, yes, you do. I'm a great leader. Follow my lead. And so we just say in this house, the Lord will have his way. The Lord will have his way. And there was a prophecy also saying that it was an outside source coming in. So this is Mindy and I. We have lots of more stories Maybe we can share it in the, our living room here. Mindy wants to pipe in here. She can interrupt anytime she wants. I want to tie some of this together for y'all. So you, let's back up to our babies are from Azusa. So back in 2017, when the Lord asked me to loan him my womb, our womb, um, I had a dream one night. We were in the prayer stages of it. And prior to the dream, I was wrestling all night, feeling like I had done something wrong or missed something when we went to Azusa. We went to the Azusa 100th anniversary in California when Lou Engel rented the Coliseum. And so all night, I mean, this was months later, and I'm just tossing like, Lord, I, you know, I'm backtracking our 12-day trip, and I'm like, what the heck? I don't know what you're trying to show me. And then I fell asleep, and I had a dream where I destroyed an embryo in my kitchen sink. And when I woke up from the dream, the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm sorry, I don't know how it's to show you how I feel about this, whether life is so small that the human eye can't see it, or a fully formed baby being torn from its mother's womb. He said, I stood before them both and declared their plan, purpose, and destiny, and I grieve equally for both. And so that was the moment where the Lord really opened our eyes. We had been working on um, a lot of newborn adoptions and things like that, but that was when the Lord just really sealed, and then a few months later um, gave us the vision for the moral outcry. Um, to end abortion in the land. Um, but all those months, I was like, what does, what does me all night wrestling with Azusa have to do with embryos? And then we end up getting our first email from the clinic that we were told to talk to about adopting embryos from to place in my womb. And the first email that came through showed that the sibling group of four embryos, six days old, three boys, one girl, were from Azusa, California. That's not where the clinic was. The embryos themselves 
were birthed out of Azusa, California. And again, I'm like, okay, we're taking this to us and we're trying to digest it. What does that mean? Okay, Lord, so we just wait on it. And then the petition starts. And then the first day, June, June 19th, 2017, we soft launched the petition with Lou Engel in Colorado with 100 women that were um, leadership in America through different organizations, but Christian. And so I had an opportunity to sit in their living room and share with him and Therese the petition birth. The embryos, they, they were not placed in my womb yet. It, this was all still vision. We did adopt them, but we hadn't placed them yet in my womb. And I remember him saying, the Azusa connection is, it's not that you did something wrong. Your spirit knew you left something there. So let's fast forward to this year. So Denny and I, we leave Kansas City and the Lord says, winter in the north. We were given a beautiful brand new RV. We head to the upper peninsula. We go into a little cabin, and we're going to stay there for the winter. And then come spring, we're out of here. We're in the, we're, we sold everything to move into this tiny house, and we were going to travel the nation with the, our message of justice and moral outcry. That was the plan. This was not the plan. We weren't, well, that's why, you know, I mentioned that a little bit last week that the Lord tricked us because <laughs> he had to get us to into Michigan to even get this ball rolling. Um, so we're there and the Lord, we weren't there three weeks and Pat Brady called. Okay, we're going to stick that in our back pocket because that's not the plan. And then January, our doctor calls and says, you just turned 54, you need to transfer that last baby into your womb. She needs to be born by your 55th birthday. Okay, that wasn't the plan either, but okay. So that brought us to downstate because I had to do all the medical stuff here locally, but I couldn't do it up in the woods. So we're, I'm, I'm coming somewhere with this, and I'm pulling this all together, okay? So we're... Downstate here, we're and we're praying into this now. Our number one supporter, because we're missionaries, we live on support only. Our number one supporter, who originally had agreed to pay for all the baby transfers, he suddenly dies in January of this year. And now the and then the doctor calls. You got to transfer that last baby. Well, I don't have. $11,000 now. So we come downstate. We just, by faith, start the process. We're with some friends. We tell them the story. They're like, well, we have a little YouTube channel. Let's video you. And you can ask for money. <laughs> We're thinking we've never done that before. But okay. We put it on Instagram. I know a couple influential people grab a hold of it. We tell Pearl's story. So let me tell you what Pearl's story is really quick. I know you didn't know I was going to do this, but this is going to tie it all in. So back when we transferred Gideon four years ago, we thought we were going to transfer two. That made sense. 
I'm going to transfer two at a time. Well, my doctor was like, no, I don't, I don't transfer two. It's, it's hard enough. We're going to just do one. But up until we got to the clinic, I thought we were transferring a boy and a girl. So my little girl, Liren, she prayed one morning at the Children's Equipment Center in Kansas City. Lord, tell me about this little girl, how you feel about it. And the Lord said, she's a pearl. So Liren's been carrying it all this, all this time. And I'm thinking, that's so precious. I would never name her that. And Liren's like, yes, you will. <laughs> okay, so now we've got to transfer pearl. Um, and Liren, my, my older daughter, Landry, calls me. And she says, Mom, I had the weirdest dream. Now, Landry didn't know we were transferring none of this stuff. This is all just in the last couple months, a few months. And she says, I had a dream where I came to Michigan to see you guys. And I really wanted to see you, but you were not there in the dream. And she said, I kept waiting and waiting. And she said, I finally went to dad and started, you know, started to ask him, where the heck is mom? And he, she said, I immediately heard the Lord say to me, your mom is doing the hard things in hiddenness to buy the field. That instantly, we knew instantly that that had to do with Pearl because Matthew says that the merchant sold all that he had to buy the field for that precious Pearl. So we're still up north and we're figuring all this out. So that was my our pitch. We said, will you help us buy the field? Ten days, we raised $11,000 on Instagram. So I start, you know, meditating on all this. You know, Azusa's coming back to me. Babies are from Azusa. And I come across um, an old album that was written for Azusa Now, the 100-year anniversary. And I just play it one morning. And I'm blown away. I, I don't want to play it. I'll play it in a minute. It's just a super short song. It's Lou Engel pretty much preaching through it all. But I had this unction of, wait a minute, what if these babies are connected to revival? I mean, it felt like a long shot to me, but it's, it made sense to me. Like, my babies are, have come out of Azusa and then, and then over the last couple days, you know, the Lord speaks to Denny about Azusa, talks about William Seymour. I mean, it's not by chance. His last name is spelled the exact same way. I don't know a lot of Seymours that are spelled like our street here. And so I'm tying this all together. And then I'm remembering back in January when the Lord said, or when I felt like the Lord was saying, the babies are connected. Now, I still don't have complete understanding of all this, but we're starting to see this web come together and bullseye us right here. And so I'm, I'm just going to play it, and I'll just put my microphone next to it, okay? There comes a time in your life when you have to go for broke. Yeah. yeah. When the treasure is so great, you sell everything that you have yeah. to buy the field.
about revival. I'm not looking for a stadium. I'm looking for the treasure in the field. This Jesus is the treasure of the field. This Jesus being manifested to the generation. How do we pray? Send the fire. Send the fires of historic revival signs and wonders. Miracles again. Lord, that the news can't ignore it. Stadiums will be that kind of sums up everything we're talking about this morning that's what we want we want fire <laughs> we, we want fire when he started talking about what the Lord was speaking to him to talk about this morning of the fire and the revival and Seymour and Azusa I'm like just blown away I am blown away, and I hope you guys are too. The Lord is about to shake this field that this house is on. And why not let it be here? I mean, how many, how many prophecies have we heard? You know, it's in Michigan. It starts in Michigan. The hand of God. And I know every state has a prophecy. It's going to start there. But we have some really profound solid prophecies through the years that Michigan it would start. So why not start here? So Seth, go ahead and start playing. Let's just let's just close our eyes and, and ask the Lord. This is not about what we can do. Can we turn the lights down and just soften it soften it in here a little bit? That we would be a people that would be hungry enough to draw the presence of God. That we would want change more than we want that next meal. That we would want change more than anything for our children. Guys, just a, just a little strum going on. That what does this look like for you? Lord, how can we press in as a community, Lord, that this little church here, God, can get heaven's attention? This is about what the Lord wants to do here. This is about what Jesus wants to accomplish in this little church here. That we could have an open portal to heaven. That with zeal on this, in the place of intercession, I'm willing... I'm willing to labor for this and go for it. Are you? I think we all are. We're all in. That this would cost us something. Your time, your energy, your money. That this place would be a place 
that would bear fruit. Got to repent for drawing back and coasting. If this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what would wake us up. If last year didn't wake you up, I'm not sure if you're wakeable. Are you asleep? Have you been asleep? Are you in a deep sleep? Don't bother me. I'm certain the Lord wants to do something here without a doubt. And this is going to be done, I believe, as a community together. All hands on deck. That prophecy would have its place here. Intercession would have its place here. With signs and wonders and miracles, not just in the building, but outside. That the Lord would draw. Can we just go into a time of just praying and crying out to the Lord? Father, have your way here. Holy Spirit, have your way here. Set a fire here, Lord. Set a blaze here, Lord. That our children would prophesy like Joel 2 has told us. That our sons and daughters would prophesy in the last days. Jesus, we're asking for you to come and lead this. God, we're asking for that you would restore the fear of the Lord. God, we're asking that you would remove mixture the compromise, God, in our lives. We want to shine for you, Jesus, for real. Not a fake Christianity. Not a manufactured movement. God, we're asking for you. You will be our guest speaker every day. We need your help in this, Jesus. We wait on you, Lord.
The Lord is after sincereness. That we would just get real before the Lord. He knows our struggles. He knows our shortcomings. He knows it all. If, if you would like prayer, just please come forward. Mindy and I will pray over you. I'm just going to pray the Lord. Give us, help us, humble us, Lord. The gift of intercession. I'm, a, I'm an intercessor. I'm a prayer guy. Or if you want prayer for anything else, just come forward. Don't be bashful. This, we're family. And I know it's the fourth. If you have to go, go. It's okay. But just grace, 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 God, in the, in, for everybody. In this transition, it's gonna, we're not sure what it even looks like. <clears throat> but we know He's a brilliant leader. Jesus is leading this. He's wanting to get our attention and do something. And I don't want to be that guy that's too numb and too bullheaded and too full of pride that I can't lay down my agendas and say, God, break in with power. Lord, what is it that you want to do here? What, I, want you, I need you to move on my children. I need you to move on my spouse. <clears throat> Blast my wife. Blast me. And he's here, willing and able. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. If he's tugging, just say, here I am. He knows you don't know what you're doing. He knows that. You can't carry the load any longer, even though you think you can. He gets us to a place of surrender. So, Lord, I can't go another day. And I said, I know, I know you can't. Here, let me pick that up for you. I'll carry it for you. That's the kind of God he is. He wants to open your understanding that you would understand. He wants to clear the fog. Go ahead, guys. You just keep going with the guitar. It's totally fine. God, I've been playing games, Lord. I've been playing games with the work of the cross. Belittling the work of the cross. Just ask him, God, help me. I know I'm a mess. Help me, God, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better friend, a better dad, a better man of God. Stir intercession in us, God. Zeal to know you. Father, I want to be on fire, not just a little bit, but a lot. I want people to see and be provoked like my daughter, when she called me and said, God, uh, Dad, I've 99.9 serving God is not enough. You have to 100% be all in. I invite you into my marriage. I invite you into my family dynamics. God is going to ask some of you to shut the news off. 
shut the television off. Shut movies off. Go on a fast from these things. Stop polluting your eyes and your ears. Your mouth is not a trash can of sarcasm, an opinion, and coarse gesturing, crude jokes. Your eyes are not meant for pornography. God, I ask that you break in with power. Light fathers on fire, God. Mothers on fire, Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Holy Spirit. We need your help in all this in Jesus' name.